Hi, I'm Ryan. And I'm JP. And And we we are are Socially socially isolated. Isolated. Welcome back to Socially Isolated, the podcast where we discuss different aspects of pop culture through the lens of something specifically Pacific Northwest. Each episode, we discuss pieces of art or culture that provide context to current events. Welcome back, JP. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you, Ryan? I'm doing good and starting to enjoy a little bit of summer here, although as of this recording, it is pouring rain outside. They call it Junuary here in the Pacific Northwest. Yeah, the June gloom. But uh, the fact that it's actually June and we are going to have some wonderful weather, it is not so much of a damper, the fact that it's a pandemic, but I think of it as an opportunity to like celebrate and, and be outside, ice cream and you name it, right? One of the other things that I really enjoy about this season is, of course, graduations. You, you enjoy graduations? I love graduations. Now, I used to be a college professor. And so, you know, like I got the whole pomp and circumstance, you know, the, the gown and the graduating, you know, celebratory uh, excitement. I, I loved it. I loved it. Plus, it was summer for you, too, if you were a professor. You were also celebrating the end of the year. And I loved it. Do you have the summer off as teachers and professors? Is that a myth? Do you still have to go in? Um, you don't have to go in, but I am a, a creature of habit. And so I would definitely keep the same sort of schedule. The first couple of years, you know, I would take the, the, the summer off and just work from home, writing and research, uh, trying to catch up on stuff. And I realized that by the time August came around, I was just dreading every second of having to, to get back into the swing of things. So I, I felt like, no one is ever really in the university afterwards. So if I go, I almost feel like I have the whole place to myself. Yeah, it is. Kind of, it feels like vacation, a, a little bit special, even when you're working. Yeah. Well, you must have a different take since you've been reliving graduation year after year after year. For me, like, I don't remember. I don't have any, that many warm feels about graduation. It was a nice ceremony. Like, yeah. I see happy pictures, but I definitely didn't have the, like, legendary booze cruise afterwards. What about you? Oh yeah, definitely not. Uh, I was, uh, I was not, and I still don't really uh, partake in any sort of drinking or, or heavy partying, like the way that you see in movies and television shows uh, afterwards. But um, I, I did enjoy just having that like moment to breathe and then start it all over again. <laughs> How about you? How about like high school or anything like that? Well, I definitely, you know, definitely enjoyed myself during high school and have sort of gotten over it ever since. <laughs> maybe maybe some could even say I got it out of my system then. But uh, so I do, you know, the idea of summer and graduation, there's a bit of nostalgia for, you know, the the woods parties and the warm weather and being outside. But but graduation as a whole felt like it was a little bit of a, a anticlimax, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that, you know, you didn't have the sort of you know, somewhat classic American upbringing of, of keggers and, and uh, outdoor parties, because this week we watched Dazed and Confused, arguably the classic last day of school movie. And it's hard to believe, but you had not seen it up until this point. That is correct. I kind of felt like I was the last person to have uh, seen this movie. And in fact, I had gotten to the point now where when people referenced it, I just kind of, you know, mm-hmm, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, kind of nod along and, and hope that no one would ask me. What are the most common it. references that you would hear that now make sense? Like what, what are the things that have entered 
classic movie reference dumb. I guess all right, all right, all right. I bet it's got to be one. Yes, of them. that was the one that actually surprised me. I, I mean, I've heard Matthew McConaughey say that and reference it multiple times, you know, th- throughout his career, but I did not know it came from this movie. What? <laughs> I'm sure I wow. did. I'm, I'm sure I did at some point, but. Uh, yeah, de- definitely. That's how much it's entered the cultural lexicon and and just been a well, I have to say I was I was telling you before we started the show that I have been listening to All Right, All Right, All Right, the oral history of Richard Linkletter's Dazed and Confused. And I haven't got through the whole thing yet. So I haven't actually gotten to the point where they reveal whether or not Matthew McConaughey ad-libbed that or if that was in the script. So mm-hmm. if any of our listeners know, feel free to tweet at us, so ISO podcast, and set us straight as to the origin of this iconic phrase. Yes, definitely. I was actually quite surprised of seeing how many different actors that uh, went on to have some, you know, pretty uh, substantial careers afterwards. For uh, sure. Ben Affleck, Mila Jovovich. Yeah. Uh, there's even a few that are in the background that didn't have lines. Renee Zellweger's in there. She was living in Austin at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think that Renee Zellweger was sort of up for that part, but they found her later and it was already cast. And so they're like, oh, she's great. And so I think she has like one line somewhere just because they were like, she's awesome. Let's get her in there. But it was, she just came too, came too late, unfortunately, in the process. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are like me and have not seen Days of Dream Confused or uh, are a little hazy on the plot, the, um, this 1993 Richard Linkletter movie takes place in uh, 1976, the last days of school of high school. And you get to see kind of the antics and uh, the different types of characters, the different archetypes that are um, quintessential to, to any sort of high school experience. They are the stoners. They are the, uh, the, the chic, um, cool kids. There are the athletic kids. There are a variety of different um, genres that, that you find throughout the movie. And each of them is kind of given their own story. Some of them intersect with each other. And it's a it's almost like an American graffiti. That, that's what it felt like. You know, like that was me. the pitch when Richard Linkletter pitched it as he wanted to do American graffiti set in the 70s. And even though he kind of knew that was a little reductive and cheesy, he knew mm. that that would sell the picture and it worked. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's funny that that's the, exactly what you took away from it. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there were definitely some scenes, especially in the drive-through scenes where they're uh, leaving the drive-through or coming through and parking. You could see some of the classic cars or the cruising along some fancy boulevard in Texas that they had filmed this in. JP, did you, one of the things I've always loved in high school watching this movie is that we picked out every single character and gave them their concurrent person in our high school that was the the Matthew McConaughey's Woodards, that was Ben Affleck's O'Banion. We were like, that's definitely this guy. And that's mm-hmm. definitely this guy. So if you watching it so far away from your high school days, did were you able to pick out someone and be like, I knew that guy in high school? Not really. I think I was probably too far off to to remember those types of, of people. Um, but I could definitely see some of that. Uh, I, I think what I did was I started associating with other movies. And uh, I was like, oh, I remember that that person from this movie, you know, for instance, like American Pie or uh, Can't Hardly Wait or, you know, a- any of those other ones that are the same sort of 
quintessential end of the year, uh, leaving high school, starting college or leaving high school, starting a career. Um, those, those characters are, are just kind of general, right? They're universal. We all have them, have been them or know someone who is them. So one thing before I ask you the, the question everyone's dying to know, which is what did you think of this movie? I want to set a little bit more of the tone, which is that this is Linkletter's second film and he was coming off of Slackers, which is truly like an indie art film. It was filmed on a shoestring, from what I understand, no permits on the streets of Austin with a lot of real life Austin oddballs. Uh, it became something of a cult phenomenon and actually had some real success, which then launched his career. And he was, you know, what is he going to do next? And so it's just interesting to now think about this movie as, as having elements of indie cred and an art film, especially yeah. when you're comparing it to movies like Can't Hardly Wait, which I adore, and American Pie, which was hugely important to me in high school. I haven't watched it since, but I watched really? it many, many times in high school. So <laughs> it's just like, it's weird to think of Days and Confused as, as maybe being a cut above those maybe but i don't know what do you think i did not like the movie i think it, i i came to this movie too late in life to really appreciate it or for it to make a connection for me um i think i spent a lot of time like a curmudgeon old man pointing my my crooked finger saying get off my lawn those kids i do i did sort of empathize more with like the bowling ball people like whoever got the bowling ball in their car now is like a middle-aged homeowner i'm just like can you imagine waking <laughs> up to a bowling ball in your car yes yeah i think there were a lot of antics that in the 70s when this movie was set in which would never have uh, flown right now for instance um, a woodshop class where you can make uh, paddles to uh, swat people with definitely not something catch that <laughs> oh my goodness I, I think that's like almost the beginning like that's one of the first couple of scenes when they're introducing people around the school it's uh, ben affleck and and cole hauser are making their bats they're refining the bats um they're decorating them so that way when the school day ends they're rushing over to the middle school to announce to them that uh all of you who are graduating and coming to high school this year, please line up at, so that way we can uh, beat you as an initiation to go into high school. Which actually sort of makes me wonder, where were the graduating seniors in this movie? It was all people who are still going to be in high school the next year. So whereas yeah. other movies like Can't Hardly Wait are a lot more about college and what yeah. life's going to be different. But this one was all, they were all no one was leaving high school in this yeah. movie including Woodard, played by Matthew McConaughey, who plays a, uh, a city employee who graduated several years ago and is still hanging out with the high schoolers. Which is an archetype that I've definitely was familiar with growing up. So he was like the key one where we were like, nailed it. Yep. Yeah. Do you remember in Can't Hardly Wait who that uh, who played that part? Oh, Trent McNeely. Yeah, it was. Um, I mean, that's the that's the character's name. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Je Jerry. Yep, yep. Ah, what is it? What's his last Jerry name? Jerry O'Connor. Jerry O'Connor. Yes, took me a second, yes. but I still got it. That's hilarious. I remember the actor, but I don't remember the the character. You remember the character? I remember. Yeah, because yeah, because <laughs> um, the 
and what's the other the actor Jenny Garth's husband from the Twilight movies, Peter Fastinelli, because Peter Fastinelli is sitting on the bench outside mm-hmm. and he comes and he's got a six pack dangling from his hand and he's like, Trip McNeely. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. I think that what I appreciate about the movie, there were some things that I did appreciate about the movie. For instance, uh, the soundtrack was pretty phenomenal, reminded me a bit of uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy. In fact, there were several times where I was like, wait a second, that wait, that one also, I was like, oh, I wonder if James Gunn actually just watched this movie and and took the soundtrack to that and put it to his movie. The other thing uh, I appreciate was that uh, Richard Linkletter goes on to later on become quite a phenomenal uh, director and writer. And you could see the beginning of that genius being built here. It was still a little raw, but I think that, you know, for a first time out for a writer-director to do a movie, especially a fairly low-budget movie, that's pretty amazing. You know, I, I liked it. I'm not one for much of mayhem or uh, destruction of uh, personal property or of people. So I don't think this movie hit me uh, the right way that it would, but I could imagine that if I were probably in my teens and twenties, this would definitely be something that I, I could possibly relate to. I think there was just a real kind of optimism for in a very high school microcosm that like, it was going to be okay that with these kids, you know, the, they were so worried about the upperclassmen, but eventually with a few exceptions, the upperclassmen were kind of going to take them under their wing. And, you know, you didn't see, um, you know, just some, they were terrorized in the beginning, but sort of by the end, they had become a little bit cool. They, yeah. you know, they had had their first beer and it was, it was, you know, it seemed like there was an optimism that it was going to be okay, which I think was just a, is a nice vibe when you're in high school. I like that. And I like this there was a part where I forget which character it was who was getting swatted with uh, one of the paddles afterwards is walking away. And the, the guys are like, you know, we're, we're going to go out later on, come with us and, you know, grab a beer and uh, you know, like all of these types of things where you wouldn't think that that would be the kind of scenario. Uh, and it was very much of that. The, this hazing is something that was done to me and I will do it to you and you will do it to someone else. Which is really upsetting yeah. if you're going to have a step back and think about it. But and but the way it's put in this movie is like, it's okay yeah. because yeah, now you're accepted because we've done this to you, which, you know, separated from this movie is extremely problematic. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. There were There's several even a, scenes. Another reference to Can't Hardly Wait, but in that movie, the, that Peter Fascinelli character gets drunk and befriends the high school dork. And for one night, they're buddies and having a great time together. But the next morning, by the time he's sobered up, he's back to treating him like garbage. He won't let him sit with them. He makes fun yeah. of him again. Whereas this movie is sort of the opposite, which is like, once you've gotten over this part, then we're all, and, and I feel like there was also, you know, just a nice movement that the, I think Jeremy London's character had a lot of, which is that he moved between groups. And so yeah. you, you, it was clickish. Like everyone was driving around with their friends, but then when they got to the party, they all seemed to know each other, which reminded me of high school that sometimes there's high school movies where people seemed to really truly be meeting other students for the first time, which for me was hard to understand. I didn't go through a tiny high school, but it certainly wasn't like a giant sprawling urban campus. So the idea of never having laid eyes on another student before was utterly incomprehensible. So the idea everyone knew each other, even if they traveled in different circles, everyone partied together. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious, Ryan, when did you see this movie when, when you were, what 
age group were you in when you, you saw know, this? this is a movie sort of like wet, hot American summer that has just always existed. So even though it came out in 1983, I would have been 11. I was just too young to, you know, it's like, if I saw it when I was 12, it was already old, you know, it had already existed. So it's not like it ever played in theaters. And I went to see it with my friends. It's just a movie that's, you know, it's always been there. It was never new. <laughs> yeah. I actually can empathize that if this movie came out definitely today, I wouldn't of course be into it because I'm past, past the target demographic for it. <laughs> but I also feel like there's something about this movie that it just, it, you need to watch it 10 times before it sort of like gets to the point where you can really have a soft spot for it, you know, cause there's not a lot of plot. There's not, you know, it's not a, a big, there's a small romance that takes place. Um, mm. but it's not, you know, it back to Ken Harley, even that has like at the end, there's a kiss, the music swells and, you know, yeah. this doesn't really have that. So I think this is a movie that this day and age, if you, if you don't watch it over and over again on VHS, I could see that it's a watch once and scratch your head and, and wonder what the fuss was about. Yeah. Yeah. Where days and confused is almost a, like a, a slice into the life of a high schooler. Can't hardly wait is really a, a mission. There's a journey that one has to get to, right? The, the main character is wanting to profess their love to Jennifer Love Hewitt, before you know she goes off to college or before she goes off to become successful and so the plot is really you know all around that and there are a supporting cast around this whereas days and confuse is really about the experience of all these people in, in a group there is not one specific cast member maybe maybe jason london is really the main character thought, i think of mitch as the main character Really? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. Maybe I identified with him the most when I was watching the movie when I was younger. For me, Jason London's character is the one, as you said, kind of goes in and out of different groups of people. So, you know, he's in the athletic group. He's in the stoner group. He is, you know, with the popular people. So I, I feel like he may be the main character of it that goes all, all around and the, the story is built around but not the same way that you see in something like Canton Hardly Wait. I have to say, I, I don't feel like I needed to, but I did rewatch Can't Hardly Wait before we record this episode in case anyone listening is just truly impressed by my recall of this movie. Though I, I, I honestly <laughs> feel like I could have had this recall without rewatching it. That's how many times I watched it in high school. But both movies, I was just interested in um, having listened to All Right, All Right, All Right, the oral history, they talked about how it was sort of true to life to Linklater's high school experience that there weren't a lot of, um, there was a lot of black kids that went to their school. It was almost 50% black, but they didn't mix that much, but there was sort of like the one black guy who did hang out with them because maybe he was on the baseball team. And that was definitely reflected in this movie. It was almost entirely white people. So I was, I did sort of have an eye to that with Can't Hardly Wait. Um, and it has, you can just see that even though they're both made in the nineties, I think they're five years apart. There's just like just what was happening in terms of like um wanting to have like the one best friend who's hispanic and wanting to have like the one best friend who's black is totally reflected so 90s in the casting yeah. with that um and so yeah it was interesting to see you know just the and you know what was what were they representing in 70s high school and what they were representing in 90s high school yeah definitely definitely i'll be curious to see in 20 years what high school will be represented like 
right now. Yeah. Well, I have to, I just watched that um, HBO special mayor of Easttown. So for some reason, this character is really in the forefront of my mind. Have you watched this yet? I haven't. No, well, you're, you'll have to go. This will be everyone's homework and then report back. But she has a daughter who seems just so cool and with it. And I would like to be her best friend for sure. And she's just, she's uh, self-assured. She's out of the closet and she seems very sexually mature in a way that's hard for me to wrap my head around. She seems to understand what good sex is and what bad sex is and know what a toxic relationship is and when to walk away. So she's incredibly impressive. Um, And I feel like that's that seems to me like true to life. I just think that, you know, the Gen Z's of today are just, they, I'm very impressed by them and I'm ready to watch that high school movie that shows them off. Nice. Nice. Well, I will put it on the list of things to watch. If only for that one slice, (laughs) you don't sit through the whole series. You'd be like, this doesn't have anything to do with high school. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps us up for today, though we do always like to end the show by providing some additional items we would have loved to have talked about, but we did not have the time. So this is our thoughts on thoughts segments. JP, anything else you'd like to mention? Yeah, keeping in the theme of high school, I would say one of the best movies that I remember seeing, not in high school, but about high school, is a, a, a little tiny movie called Brick. And it was directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes, it is an amazing movie. And I can't remember if we've already recommended it for this podcast or not. But if you haven't, please go rent it out. It's uh, Chinatown taking place in high school. That's wonderful. I actually rewatched that one at the beginning of at the beginning of the pandemic and took notes on the whole plot because I thought it was structured so interestingly that I wanted to sort of dissect how it worked. So I'll have to second that one. Definitely. How about you, Ryan? Thoughts on thoughts? Well, my recommendation for a kind of wild party high school night on the town movie is Booksmart, which I know my coworker Amy also loves. And that spoiler alert is going to be our costumes for this coming Halloween. I've already made myself the jumpsuit. So get ready. Nice. And that's it for this episode. You can follow us on social media. I am on Twitter at Indie Arts Voice. And I'm on Twitter at JP Avila. You can find more information about this show on our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or on our website at SoISOPodcast. And come back next month. Bye for now. Bye.